What's going on? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, ESPN com, the ESPN Tucson mobile app, and the Spears and Ali podcast. 719-1490 is that phone number if you want to call into the show. 719-1490. It's a beautiful Wednesday afternoon because it's Spears and Ali, and it's never, it's never full until Mr. Ali Farhang's in studio. Yeah, man, my uh, my other jobs are getting in the way of some uh, the full plate of Spears and Ali, and I apologize about that. I'm two chains to... would say the money is getting in the way. The money is getting in the way, <laughs> yes. And uh, <clears throat> I can I can uh, call you directly from the open tomorrow if you want a special report. <laughs> might say... be a good idea. It might not be, depending on what, <laughs> what time? time of day. Yeah. Could you say you're suffering from success? He is. Yeah. Let's you know. Let's be humble. It's factual. Um, uh, and I'm feeling great because I got a great order on my case in Texas. So nice. Turning the tables on the other side there. Uh, the, the good guys are winning. How are you doing? And, um, man, was that Laker game last night with LeBron just on brand for the Lakers the last few years? He breaks the all-time scoring record, yeah. and they lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that yeah. in, in a little bit because it's uh, – I'm glad I bet on it. It least. pretty much epitomizes the entire LeBron-Lakers era. Totally. And we'll discuss the important night surrounding LeBron James. Plus, you also, know LeBron was born the year that Kareem broke the he mark. He did, 1984. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, it's, it's insane. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss LeBron's record coming up in just a little bit. Uh, plus, the Phoenix Suns announced their new ownership. The, the, the sale was final, but the NBA voters approved, not NBA voters, owners voted on it, and they approved the sale. $4 billion is the biggest sale in NBA history. He had a press conference today. We'll discuss that in a little bit. And then our guest lineup for today, Ali, very excited to have the newest editor of the San Diego Union Tribune, Ryan Finley. Nice. Newest sports editor, Ryan Finley, formerly from the Arizona Daily Star, my boss, the guy who uh, used to cut my checks for several years. He's going to join the show to talk some Pac-12 and how it could be dabbling in the San Diego market. And now you can be honest with him because he doesn't write your checks anymore. So I, I... Totally expect sparks to fly. <laughs> Tell them what you really think. I don't know. <laughs> Regarding uh, San Diego sports. Yeah. Um, Finley, you've always been a clown, man. I just want you to know you don't write my – no, you, I know you love him. You didn't follow the Chargers, man. Why? You're not a, you're not a real fan. Yeah. Well, no, he is a real fan. He's a real San Diego fan. But not Chargers. Dis, just completely disowning the Chargers because they moved to L.A. That's that's a true San Diego. Totally fair. Um, Bruce Pascoe. From the Arizona Daily Star, we'll talk uh, Arizona Wildcats basketball. Are the Wildcats in need of an eighth man, or can they get by with seven guys? We'll ask, uh, we'll ask Bruce that at 425. And speaking of Arizona basketball, Arizona women's head coach, Adia Barnes, calling into the show at 525. Big one this weekend, Ali, uh, or I should say this week. They got Stanford tomorrow at yeah. McHale Center. Uh, Going to be a huge one. Looking for a red out, looking for a sellout, and in the words of J.J. Walker from Good Times, Dynamite. Absolutely. Great interview. And if you're going to the game, please be sure to Dynamite. You know what I'm talking Dynamite. about? Dynamite. Right like, okay. J.J. Walker. You know what's funny is I know the reference through Family Guy. <laughs> they, they, they've made references from it, so that's how I studied it. Um, oh, your entire pop culture uh, pop culture like a tray of goodies, is all based on Family Guy. Family Guy does a great job, man. Unbelievable. (laughs) Um, And then Saul Bookman will be joining us at 540 as well. So we got a whole lineup of guests. But, yeah, I'm very excited to talk with Adia Barnes. And if you're going to the game tomorrow, 
if you're one of the first 1,000 attendees, you will be receiving an Adia Barnes bobblehead. Oh, wow. They have a, they, she uh, posted a video on her social media accounts of her unwrapping it. It's a pretty cool gift. So if, if you're uh, one of the first ones there, you get a cool bobblehead. And if you're also going to the game, it's a red out, but true, choose the lightest shade of red possible because Stanford also wears red too. And I don't know. I just feel like you should have done like a blue out to not really vibe with Stanford's coloring, but well, I don't know. It only know. took you seven minutes to start judging and questioning the – Marketing efforts at the University I mean, of Arizona. I mean, they always yeah. do a red out or a white out, but I'm like, man, Stanford also wears red too. But maybe with Stanford fans there, it's going to look better on TV because their red's going to blend in with Arizona's red. I don't know. I don't know. I but just, it's it, there's going to be a lot of people there. It's I, our that's red. all I know. They, we own the red. They don't own the red. That's our red. Well, this yeah. Cardinal red. So they're they're the Stanford Cardinal. I, there's a Zona red somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good beer. All right, let's go to top three headlines heading into today. One, one. Hold on, hit it again, me, Dad. There it is. One. <laughs> it's only right. Got to do it. Um, our top headline for today: LeBron James becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer, surpassing Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and now LeBron James has 38,390 points. And this was a record that I thought no one would ever touch. And here we are in 2023. LeBron James is sitting at 38,390 points. And you know what? It would not shock me when it's all said and done that he's nearing 41,000 points at the end of his career. I mean, at the pace that he's playing at right now at 38 years old, he's going to continue to put up a lot of points over the next couple of years. He, I mean, he's really – I know that he's not the Miami Heat LeBron James, right? He's His game is – has been uh, a little bit slowed down. You know, he's not making the the great highlight plays, but he's become such a savvy basketball player as he's gotten older. And not only is he the NBA's leading scorer, but he's also top five in assists. He's going to go down in all the important basketball categories as top five, and he's going to be the leader in terms of scoring. I mean, LeBron James, when you think about it, Ali, he's exceeded every single expectations and more. He was dubbed the chosen one, in the early 2000s by Sports Illustrated when they did a big story on him from St. Vincent St. Mary High School in Akron, Ohio. And ever since then, he became this guy that the NBA wanted to build their brand around. And he became one of the faces of the NBA and was criticized at every single turn. And everyone was like, yes, he has the potential. Can he be great? And he did things his own way. He never brought shame to his family name. You never hear LeBron James about cheating on his wife or getting arrested or doing whatever. Every time you hear about LeBron James, it's about building a school, giving back to his community, setting records here in the NBA. I know that LeBron James can rub people the wrong way. I get that. But when you think about everything that he's done as a basketball player and some, he smashed all expectations. And becoming the all-time leading scorer, tip the cap to LeBron James. Yeah, and I tipped the cat to uh, tip my cap to the uh, two retired big men that were in attendance: uh, legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who LeBron James passed for the all-time scoring record, and Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, man, I don't know. Is he going to get traded? He was so aloof last night. I know. Uh, and I, by the way, that's a Bill Simmons. He put that on Twitter, so let me cite my sources. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Anthony Davis literally looked like the kid who was mad that all the attention was on his friend. 
Yeah. That's what he looked like. And he played like it, too. And, and Russell Westbrook had a little heated exchange with Darvin Ham, too. Like, there was some other just bad stuff that could have been avoided. Like, this night's all about LeBron James. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really hoping the Lakers make a trade. But, look, everything you said about LeBron is true. There's been nothing but a positive influence in the NBA. And when you say exceeded every expectation placed upon him, that's not just normal expectations. When you come into the NBA at 18 years old as the chosen one, and you even exceed that expectation, man, all credit to him. And uh, I'm glad I bet on LeBron breaking the record last night because uh, my bets on the Lakers weren't good. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe they lost that game. <laughs> Oklahoma City <laughs> shot the lights out, man. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. God, that guy's a... Did you see the boots that he walked throw. in with? No. Look at Shea Gilgis-Alexander's pregame outfit and the red shoes that he was wearing. They look like Super Mario shoes. It's, drippy? Is that what the word is? The word not, not drippy. Not drippy? It, no. Were, he is a very drippy guy, yeah. but but not that. That was a terrible look. It was the opposite look. of drippy? Yeah. Yeah, you said Mario. It's like Super Mario Super shoes. Super Mario shoes. They huh? look like inflatable shoes. It just was just such a terrible well, look. He certainly, but, didn't, he certainly didn't play like a Luigi last night. So, no. uh, yeah, he played great, and uh, they, they they shot well. And looking forward to the trade deadline tomorrow and see how much, how much movement there's going to be. I'm, I'm expecting there to be some maybe nothing spectacular, but a lot of moves. Russell Westbrook apparently is being shopped around by the Lakers. Shocker, shocker. Yeah. And Since the day after they got him. Yeah. <laughs> the Utah Jazz apparently are in the mix along with the Minnesota Timberwolves that could send D'Angelo Russell to the Los Angeles Lakers. D'Angelo it, it, back it, to the Lakers. It would huh? send Mike Conley to the Minnesota Timberwolves and then D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers. And then Russell Westbrook in a first-round pick would go to the Utah Jazz. That's according to Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. Um, all right, let's go to the phone lines real quick, actually. 719-1490, 719-1490. Looks like we got Mark joining us on line one. What's up, Mark? Oh, nothing, guys. Hey, hey, Ali. Nice to see that you're actually uh, doing this job. Nah, just messing with you, man. Love you, Mark. But, uh, nah, I love you guys, man. You know that. I'm always listening all the time. But my wife was cleaning our office, and she put a bunch of stuff for me to burn. And I'm looking at right now, it's an Arizona Wildcat Special Commemorative Edition Sports Illustrated Cool Cat Miles Simon. Uh, what is it? April 7, 1997. And she's wanting me to burn this. <laughs> you know, oh, my God. I, I, I'm lucky I look at stuff before I start a fire. Yeah, Simon huh? says keep that thing, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> keep that. <laughs> Keep that. No, it's, it's, it's actually not nothing. You, you, you know me. Yeah, I, I don't know nothing about basketball, but gosh dang, why do I have this stuff? Yes, yeah, I, actually I do. You guys know that. Absolutely. But, uh, hey, I, I'm glad to see that the cats are really doing kick-ass. Yep. And if you don't have nothing like this in your office, I, you, know, you guys can have this because I, I, don't, I don't have room for it here. Well, Mark. You know. Uh, you know our studio address. You're always more than welcome. Oh, yeah. No, hey, I, you know how many tickets I've won? Hey, I know where you're at all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Come by and drop it off, Mark. We'd love to see you, man. It's kind of weird, though. He's always got, like, Justin Spears' location tabbed wherever you are. So Mark and I talk on the side make sure you're not up to any uh, any shenanigans. And literally you are okay. every day. Hey, hey, Ali, but yeah. this time, this year, remember last year? I, I don't think you donated a single ticket for for our uh, uh, your your team that you partially own here in town. Incorrect. You know? We did a lot of tickets last year, and 
I believe we'll be doing no, more tickets no, this no. year. No, no, no. All-time listener. Come on, man. Uh, I don't think so. Well, you know what? If we <laughs> Let's look through the windshield, not the rearview mirror. I'm expecting that to be rectified <laughs> if that didn't happen last year. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, have a good one. Hey, I'll bring it down, man. I mean, I, I got no use for it. And you know, I think, you know, you're the sports station of Tucson. And it's good uh, memorabilia. Absolutely. All we'll right. the man. And we'll display you, proudly here. And if you want to do a gift wrap with a bunch of those chicken wings you make, we'll take those too. So just oh. whatever you, oh, whatever yeah. you feel inclined to do, we are very it's, receptive it, this, to your efforts. This, this weekend is baked brie with croissants. You know, you break it in croissants and with apples after you bake that. And then it's the, the chicken wings. Oh. And now with this pellet smoker, oh, my gosh, it's the jalapenos. You fill it with cream cheese. You've got to leave the seeds in because Mark, you never know if they're going to be hot or not. Mark, I and hope you don't mind that bacon. I quote you right now, but Jiminy Christmas, oh, you got to be kidding yeah. me. That sounds magnificent. And you know what? It's too easy because I love to eat, so why not eat good? Exactly. You know what I'm saying, guys? Exactly. Love you. I will talk to you after the Super Bowl. Thanks, Later. Mark. How'd you like He's my like, Mark impression? Chimney <laughs> <laughs> cricket. That sounds magnificent. Yeah. I might have had a little flair, but yeah. Mark's the best. But I thought NBA scriptwriters were going to have LeBron breaking the record against the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for, just seemed too perfect. So I thought LeBron, yeah, he might get like 26 points tonight. But then when they play the Bucks, that's when he's going to break the record. LeBron James had the number on his headphones. He had Rich Paul, Maverick Carter, his family. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. He had Jay-Z, all his friends yeah. and celebrities. Like, he was going to get it done that night. Your nickname, uh, Bad Bunny. You're the ginger Bad Bunny. He was there. <laughs> you know when I made the bet that he was going to break the record last night? Yeah. Speaking of uh, the Mario shoes for Shea Gil- uh, Gildas uh, Alexander, is when I saw what LeBron w- uh, wore to the stadium. He had this black suit on. I'm like, he's he's doing it tonight. Just so and crisp. I'm like, boom. I'm going to make a nice hefty bet on him. Record. Yep. Record. Plus 130. Beautiful. We'll talk more about LeBron's big night and other NBA stuff going on in the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Let's go to headline number two. 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 Uh, well, here's some more, some more NBA stuff. Phoenix Suns officially introduced their new owner, Matt Ishbia, who uh, took takes over for uh, Robert Sarver. Um, he has majority stake in the Phoenix Suns along with his brother. I think his brother is uh, Justin Ishbia. So another Justin, you know, making moves. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a little curious as to what I heard of the rumor might be his first uh, major move. <laughs> what's What's that? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard from reliable sources that he's going to bring in Isaiah Thomas for a prominent role. What could possibly go wrong there? Are you serious? So he declined that. Actually, he did. I saw. I saw the same report that you're talking yeah. about, and uh, somebody asked him about that during his introductory press conference. And he said no. We're not going to bring in Isaiah Thomas. Um, This year? (laughs) (laughs) We have a a clip from PHNX, Phoenix Suns. They always do a great job covering the Suns. They actually posted a video clip of Matt Ishbia talking about taking over as new owner of the Phoenix Suns and what they intend to do as the NBA trade deadline approaches. Yeah, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. So, once again, one of the four things we just talked about winning, right? First off, I love our team. Give credit, by the way, James Jones is here, and his, exe- his leadership team, like all these guys, they've done a heck of a job. 
right? They've done a heck of a job building an amazing team. I'm not walking into a team like so. I feel like we can compete right now with exactly what we have. With that being said, you know, my belief system is about how do we focus on winning? How do we, can we, can we improve our chances of winning a championship? Can we do things to make sure that, but I'm not just a short-term thinker. I'm also a long-term thinker, right? I'm gonna be here for 40, 50 years. You guys can get sick of me. I'm gonna be around a long time. And so I know you can't win every single day, but we're gonna try. And so uh, we are very active. And uh, the way we look at it is how do we improve our team? I'm not gonna be sitting here saying counting the dollars, right? We're gonna focus on how do we improve our team? And if there's a way to improve our team, we're going to look at doing it, but we're not going to sacrifice long term for short term, right? But we are going to try to win every day. And so hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. So Matt Ishbia. Or Dave Hickey. Or Dave Hickey. <laughs> I mean, mannerisms, the way he talks, the way his voice, his cadence. He can, even in the looks, he could be like Dave Hickey's brother. If he's as successful and good as what Dave Hickey's done, the Suns are in good shape. But man, man is that eerie or what? Daniel Hickey. Yeah. Ishbia Hickey. Matt Ishbia, new owner of the Phoenix Suns, and he says, hey, the roster we think is pretty good to contend right now. Is it? I feel like you have to get rid of Chris Paul. I feel like the Phoenix Suns are going to eventually get to that point. They keep Chris Paul after the trade deadline. They're not They're not contending for a championship. Who are we kidding? Uh, but, hey, they got it done against the Brooklyn Nets last night. Cam Thomas for the Nets, the third consecutive 40-point game for him. He's balling right now for the Brooklyn Nets. All right, let's quickly go to headline number three. 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 Ali, multiple reports out there stating that George Klyavkov, Pac-12 commissioner, is meeting with SMU in Dallas. And according to those reports by uh, John Canzano, also Brett McMurphy, that George Klyavkov is prioritizing San Diego State and SMU as the newest members of the Pac-12 with USC and UCLA going. We know about San Diego State keeping the Southern California market. But Dallas and SMU, I figure maybe you want to go into the Vegas market considering it's growing. It's all about which schools will bring more revenue to everybody. And whether that's not bringing in schools or bringing into schools, how big are the checks going to be for each school? So if SMU and San Diego State bring value, then that'll happen. And if they don't, it won't happen. I'm, I'm a bigger proponent for SMU because that Dallas market and, and Texas is huge. I'm not sure what San Diego State gets us. But, yeah. hey. If whatever TV partner says it will pay you more for San Diego State, okay. Does SMU have a big fan base? Yeah, I don't think I've ever met an SMU fan. But they've had a pretty, I mean, before the death penalty, even after the death penalty, well, they had, uh, you know, uh, Mike, yeah, Eric Dickerson, yeah. and Craig James. Um, uh, we got a quarterback from them after they went in the death penalty. Uh, Watts, I think his name okay. was. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I just, to me, I, SMU's got a longer football tradition than San Diego State. I just, that, yeah, that's true. You know, but again, it's uh, unfortunate that uh, you know TV dollars are going to determine the choices that are being made. It's not going to be made on really any other legitimate grounds. Absolutely. But they're both great institutions. I'd be okay with it. What's next for the Pac-12? Do they dabble into the San Diego market? We ask San Diego Union Tribune sports editor Ryan Finley coming up next. So what's going on with the Pac-12? George Klyavkov reportedly meeting with SMU earlier today, and these reports suggest that George Klyavkov is putting SMU and the Dallas market and San Diego State, and the San Diego market obviously, as their top priorities. San Diego, I get, but SMU, we'll ask uh, Ryan Finley, sports editor from the San Diego Union Tribune. And Ryan, i got to say, it's very difficult 
to say that because for the for so many years I've always called you sports editor of the Arizona Daily Star, but you're now taking over sports editor at San Diego and Union Tribune. How's the gig? How do you like it, my man? It's been good. It's been good. I've been there about a month. Uh, I think this is my yeah, this is my fourth week. It's good. It's you know it's very much to my uh, relief. It's the same job. You know they're they're not asking me to reinvent the wheel, uh, just in a different market. And so things have been great so far. I miss you guys. I miss coming on the air with you and Ali terribly. And uh, you know to, that's been really the toughest part is. You know, uh, having to meet a whole new group of people and uh, missing you guys so much. But I love it when our paths cross. I love it when my new market and my old market kind of intersect, and it certainly seems like that's part of the news today. Yeah. Isn't it somewhat liberating, though, Ryan, that you don't have to deal with the uh, sports journalist divas of the Arizona Daily Star anymore, and you can work with real professionals in San Diego? <laughs> I saw Justin. I went to the Arizona-Oregon game as a fan, just like went and sat with uh, me. And it was so nice to not have to hurry home to read about three or four stories right. off of that game. And so, right, um, you know, I saw Justin towards the end of that Azulis Tubelas 40-point game, and all I could think of was, man, it's going to be a long night for, for the sports editor at the, at the, uh, at the star tonight because, uh, man, that was, a, that was a heck of a game. Yeah, and Seth Greenberg just uh, thought that was a meh performance by Azulis Tubelis, but I digress. Justin's talking about George Klyovkov, uh by reports talking to SMU and San Diego State, and my opinion is a little bit mm -hmm. different than Justin's. I understand SMU. I understand Dallas and the Texas market. The San Diego State have the fan base and support to be legitimately a, uh, you know, a stalwart in the Pac-12? No, but they have a TV market, and that's what this is all about. You know, again, I think it's kind of silly when people talk about fit as if certain schools fit and certain schools don't. I mean, this is a grab for television eyes. This is a grab for television markets. Uh, the Pac-12 didn't go from 10 to 12 because it thought Colorado and Utah were awesome athletic or academic institutions. They went from 10 to 12 so they could get the Den essentially the Denver and the Salt Lake City television markets to themselves. That's what this is. This is the Pac-12 grabbing something in Southern California, in part so Southern California TV viewers might watch their games going forward. And this is them reaching into Dallas, trying to expand a little bit and getting some of, of, uh, of Texas. Uh, this is also programming for television shows, guys. You know, Dallas, there's something to be said for having Dallas on, I believe it's Central Time, correct? Yeah. Um, being able to, to, to run a Pac-12, let's say a Pac-12 football game at 5 o'clock, right? Or being able to run a Pac-12 basketball game at 5 o'clock. Like, there's 5 o'clock Pacific. Um, there is something to be said for both of those things. You know, uh, I, I get, Ali, when you say, you know, for so long we've been used to 10 teams and then 12, and, you know, who are these two schools and, and where do they fit and what do they add? But I think it's less about the schools and more about the TV market. Yeah, and I get, and I'm not naive enough not to know that, you know, if the each Pac-10, the remaining Pac-10 schools, if they get a bigger check from TV with San Diego State and SMU, they're all for it. If they get a lower check, they're not for it. But my question is, you know, I was just in Coronado yeah. for two days, and I don't think I saw a Good TV man. on anywhere. Yeah. Uh, do people in San Diego actually watch TV? Because it's freaking 70 degrees every day, and it's beautiful outside. 
Well, I appreciate the phone call, Ali. <laughs> you know, I, I would have loved to have come visited you in Coronado. Uh, it, it's, it's an SC in UCLA town. I mean, it's, that's what it is. When it comes to big-time college sports, it's USC and UCLA. And I think the question becomes, will sort of your casual San Diego viewer follow USC and UCLA into the Big Ten? Or will there be some opportunity there? You know, if San Diego State were to somehow end up in the Pac-12, and that's something that I think, by the way, is likely. I think, I think if I had to bet, I would bet it's going to happen. Yeah. If San Diego State finds itself in the Pac-12, I mean, is there a little bit of an opportunity there to win over some new fans, some casual fans who are used to watching Pac-12 football and basketball anyway because they've been following USC and UCLA? Um, I'm not sure. I think at San Diego State, you know, if they can join a Power Five league and they have a brand new football stadium that they're already having a hard time drawing fans to, uh, I think their basketball program would fit right in in the Pac-12. I think that Arizona and San Diego State would be great rivals, um, especially with UCLA gone. I, I think th- that fits. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's certainly that's the risk you take is that there's going to be Southern California apathy, and that uh, these people will all go, you know kite surfing or something instead of watching football on a Saturday. Yeah, And I understand keeping the Southern California market, and when you look at the available teams, San Diego State certainly makes sense. But for the other team, sure. I'm thinking about markets and TV. I mean, the Las Vegas market is growing. I mean, professional sports teams, more teams are going over there. You got UNLV playing at Allegiant Stadium. Don't you feel like – I know the Pac-12 is probably going to be headquartered out there, but don't you think they would want to have – at least one team in that growing market, and they have the Allegiant Stadium. Where does SMU play? They have their own stadium, so I don't know. I just think the facilities and everything seems more attractive at UNLV than SMU. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's exactly what I would do. Is I would add UNLV and San Diego State. I think that those, you know, those are two TV markets in the West that there probably will be some area of growth in, area four growth in. Uh, you can't headquarter your dang league in Las Vegas and then dismiss Las Vegas as a potential expansion site. I mean, I think that there's – you can make the argument that by adding UNLV and by relocating to Las Vegas, Las Vegas kind of becomes the hub of the Pac-12. And I think that that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, the, any Arizona fan will tell you, you know, they enjoy going to Vegas for big events. Uh, to me, that would make a lot of sense. It would be cost-effective compared to the Bay Area. It would, be, it would center it kind of more in the mountain region than in the west, which I think is probably good. Um, that's what I would do, Justin. I would say Vegas, San Diego State, add those two TV markets, and kind of see what happens. Yeah. You guys are picking off my mountain uh, west schools here. I mean, we got a bowl game down here. <laughs> Let's not take everybody, okay? Uh, well, I mean. Nevada, Nevada will be there. Nevada will be there. Don't worry, Ali. Okay. Nevada. All right. Boise State. All, you know. all the teams that travel. Wyoming. You're good. Yeah, still, Wyoming. Still, exactly. got, still got the big dogs. Nobody, nobody mess with Wyoming. I'll yeah. fight you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ryan, moving over to uh, other things that's going on in sports. Uh, were you up late last night watching LeBron set the all-time scoring record? I watched every second of that game. Did you and think that you he was going to get Justin. it? Did you think that he was uh, going to no, get it at the beginning? I, I thought okay. it was going to happen Thursday. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, right? The new job, right? For me, the new job, uh, Lakers are kind of a big deal in San Diego, believe it or not. I mean, if there's kind of an adopted NBA team there, it's the Lakers. And so we all kind of thought it was going to happen Thursday. And for me, that would have been rough because Thursday night is also when they're finding out whether or not Don Coriel 
is making the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Don Coryell, former Charger coach, still a very big deal in San Diego. So I was scared to death. The Thursday was going to be this confluence of like late-breaking sports news. And so I was pretty happy to see that LeBron broke it last night. When I tuned in and I saw his first few possessions where he was essentially head down going to the basket, I said to you know, one of my kids who was right next to me, I said, he's going to get it tonight. Uh, I thought that he was in attack mode from the opening tip-off. I think that he didn't want to stretch this drama out any longer than he had to. Um, it's disappointing that they lost that game. I mean, that's going to be the footnote, right, is, oh, and they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was fascinating television, and I'm so glad that he shined the light on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in his short speech before he swore loudly into the microphone. Um, I was glad that he gave Kareem some credit because I think Kareem gets forgotten a little bit yeah. uh, for everything that he was able to accomplish. Give us a prediction for Super Bowl 57 <clears throat> in Glendale. So I'm always wrong. Uh, we can start there. Uh, they, I like the Chiefs. I, I think that the Eagles might be on paper the better team, and I think that there's something to be said for being there and having gone through it before. And you look at the bulk of this of this Chiefs team, this is old hat for Andy Reid and for Patrick Mahomes and for Travis Kelsey, and for a lot of their good players. Um, and even some of the, the veterans who they brought in are guys who have had high-level experience. There's something to be said for that. So I think it's going to be a close game, but give me Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, and, you know, I think that the Eagles go back in a couple of years and win it then. Ryan Finley, sports editor of the San Diego Union, Union Tribune, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Ryan, always appreciate you. Hope all is well out there in San Diego. Doing great, bud. Thank you so much. We will talk soon. Absolutely. Okay. Talk soon. Thanks. All right, let's talk some Arizona Wildcats basketball. The Arizona men's team got a Bay Area road trip, while the Arizona women's team has a big showdown against Stanford tomorrow at McHale Center. All that more coming up next. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, presented by Soul Sports at Casino del Sol, and brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. All right, so Arizona men's basketball, they got a road trip this week against the Bay Area schools. They got Cal on Thursday, another late one, 9 p.m. tip-off, and then uh, Stanford over the weekend. And Ali, over the last several years, Arizona has been very successful in the Bay Area. Uh, they've won 12 straight against the Golden Bears. As a matter of fact, the last time that uh, they lost in uh, against Cal was the Brandon Ashley game where he broke his foot. Wow. 2013-2014. That's uh, quite a while ago. A little while ago. Yeah. The, uh, the nine years to be exact. The game that cost us the national championship. Yep. Yep. Brandon Ashley doesn't go down. One of the biggest what-ifs in Arizona basketball history. Yeah, absolutely. Well, or, you know, another quarter of an inch on that shot from Jamel Horn against Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I think I think that team wins the national championship, too. They were so hot. All right. But, I, again, I digress. Uh, yeah, I mean, Arizona has dominated the Bay Area, and this is a real opportunity for this team to continue to play at its standard, uh, regardless of the competition. And maybe, and I know we're going to talk to Bruce Pascoe about this later, maybe find that eighth guy off the bench. So against Oregon State, they let a lot of bench guys play. And I was keeping track of the, the first guys off the bench. Philip Borovichinen, Philly B, as some people call him. Yeah, the Vich. The Vich. Yeah. He was the first guy that was not named Kylan Boswell and Pella Larson to come off the bench for Arizona. And I'm like, oh, man. 
Haven't seen you in several games. Well, it's, good, it's good to see Philly B back in the lineup. <laughs> so the Vich got back into the game, or got into the game for the first time since non-conference play. And then you started to see Henry Vesar get into the game. And then you saw, you know, uh, another uh, Dylan Anderson, the big man from Phoenix, who's a two-time Arizona Gatorade Player of the Year. He got into the game. And I was a little worried that I didn't see Adama Ball at first. And I thought, uh-oh, maybe him and the team just mutually agreed, I'm going to be a part of the team, but I'm not going to be a part of the team, if that makes sense. And I'm like, man, is Adama Ball the Shane Noel of this year's team where he's there, but he doesn't get used, then he's going to go to the transfer portal next season? I, th- I thought that. And then 12:44 left to go in the Oregon State game. Arizona's already housing the Beavers. You see Adama Ball check into the game. And he puts up, was it eight points yeah, in, in well. ten minutes? And I don't didn't re- uh, record a turnover, had assists, had a rebound, had a steal. Like, he was active in that game against Oregon State. And I know the Beavers are terrible. I know it was pretty much in garbage time. But I really liked what I saw out of Adama Ball. And that's what I thought Arizona was going to get out of him this season. But he didn't live up to those expectations. So now, as Arizona is in... February, it's February 8th, you got March approaching. Can you get by with seven guys? Can you just get by with the defending Pac-12 sixth man of the year in Pella Larson? Uh, a budding star in Kylan Boswell, who's been so consistent and so rock solid off the bench. He doesn't put up impressive stats, but you look at his defense and his involvement on the court, he's a really good player. So you Arizona's been successful with just seven guys. They've been 6-0. and over the last three weekends, three consecutive sweeps. Ever since that lineup change uh, was made by Tommy Lloyd, Arizona looks the part of a team that can go to the Final Four. But as you know, Ali, you really need that depth. And I feel like, you know, we talk about these what-ifs, right, with Aaron, with Brandon Ashley going down. And, you know, there's so many what-ifs in Arizona basketball history. We talked about bench production all season long. A part of me wonders, are we ever going to get to March and Arizona is going to trip up in the tournament and we're just going to say, man, if only they had that other guy off the bench. You know, others played well, but the other team just had a little bit more because they had depth. That part really concerns me, but they could tap into what what they have now as the eighth guy. Is it, is it Adama Ball? Is it Dylan Anderson? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, is it possible they can get by with seven? Sure. I mean, but I it's also possible that something is going to come up where they're going to need that eighth guy. I mean, whether it be foul trouble or we all know Adama Ball is an excellent shooter. You know, there, we have seen games where maybe Kirk Creesa and Kylan Boswell and, you know, Pella Larson weren't shooting great from outside. Courtney Ramey. Would it be great to be able to say, you know, Adama, get in there, get open, shoot the rock, give us a lift. I think, you know, the one thing Tommy Lloyd has showed us in his tenure at Arizona is when he says something, believe him. So with the Dama ball coming off the bench after a couple of guys, he said, don't read too much into that. I take his word on it. And uh, when he says, you know, Adama, if he focuses on the other aspects of his game and providing that productive energy outside of just being able to shoot, it'll garner him more playing time. If he can do that, I think that would be really good for Arizona. Absolutely. Because I don't think Henry Vesar, I don't believe – uh, I don't think he's ready. I don't think that uh, the Vich is ready. I hope the Vich <laughs> is ready eventually, but I the don't Vich. think he's ready. The guy's got to be Adama. Absolutely. Uh, so Arizona, they're on the road. They're playing against the Bay Area schools this week. Cal on Thursday, 
Stanford on Saturday. And if you remember Arizona's road trip to the Bay Area a year ago, this was really big for Umar Bala's development. Because if you remember, Azulus Tibelis was dealing with that left ankle injury. He goes down, and you had Christian Coloco, you had the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, but Arizona needed another big to step up, and that guy was Umar Balo. As the backup big, coming in, he put up 21 points against Stanford, 14 points against Cal, and was very efficient around the rim. Combined for that weekend, he was 11 for 13. He was also 13 for 16 from the free throw line. It had nine rebounds. So th- that was a really big turnaround for Umar Balo because all season long, or leading up to that, I should say, it was, man, Umar Balo. He looks very sluggish. He looks like he's really struggling to get up the court. He's going to be a little bit of a project. Maybe we'll see what he can do next season. He's going to have a very limited role this year. And then as the season progressed, he just got better and better and better. And then when the opportunity presented itself, he dominated. He took advantage of it. And with Azulus Tabellos dealing with that ankle injury, Omar Ball was able to have a great weekend. And then the rest of the season, he was a solid backup big for Arizona to the point where when Pella Larson was named Pac-12 Sixth Man of the Year, we were like, man, Umar Bala might have got snubbed a little bit. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. Uh, but, hey, if you're going to get snubbed, it might might as well be your teammate in Pella Larson. But that was a big weekend for Umar Balo, and he's been a really good big ever since. Yeah, absolutely, Justin. And uh, my, my hope is that maybe uh, you know history can repeat itself and Adama Ball is given an opportunity – to really show what he does and makes the most of his opportunity and gives his coach, specifically Tommy Lloyd, the head coach, a little bit of confidence in putting him out there on the floor. Because I think, in my opinion, it is going to be important come March to have that eighth guy or just have the guy that can give you a lift off the bench. No doubt. Um, Cal, though. Sucks. They suck. <laughs> That's putting it blunt. Yeah. I mean, they're so bad. They're and, terrible. And they're dealing with injuries, too. Devin Askew is dealing with, like, a, a hernia. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, so he's dealing. I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> uh, but, you know, they gave Arizona fits down here at McHale Center. But that was a completely different Arizona team. Yeah. This Arizona team is at a different place right now. They're more polished. They're playing some good basketball. They're going to get Cal and Stanford's best effort because it's Arizona, but there's also going to be a lot of Arizona fans at both games too. So yeah, Arizona's just got to continue to be consistent, and the other team is just laundry. We're playing to our level, regardless of how good or bad they are. All right, if you want to call in and talk Arizona Wildcats basketball with us, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. We are taking phone calls right now on Spears and Ali. Plus, we're giving away a $50 gift certificate to Coffee Exchange Bistro. You want your chance to win it? Stay tuned. Some Britney Spears, then hour number one of Spears and Ali. Appreciate you, Medea. <laughs> All right, so we're uh, giving away a $50 gift certificate to Coffee Exchange Bistro. If you want this gift certificate, I think it's worth uh, $50, call in at 719-1490, 719-1490. Caller number three is getting that gift certificate and here's what you can get at Coffee Exchange Bistro. They have coffees, teas, lattes, sandwiches, wraps. It's a great place to have lunch, great place to have a cup of coffee. So if you want this gift gift certificate, maybe give it to someone for Valentine's Day, 719-1490. Yeah, re-gift something you gave for free to your loved one. I'm sure that'll <laughs> inspire a lot of reciprocity of love. 
Listen, Coffee Exchange is great. If you're feeling frisky, the Mocha Extreme is awesome. And their brand muffin, I love it. Mm. They have them heated up, but it's great. They especially, especially for you, man. They got a honey they, brand like raisin muffin. I really like lo- it. Heat it up a little bit? Yeah, just oh, heat it up man. a little bit, yeah. With the Mocha Extreme, like, look, you get your workout oh. in. You got to burn some calories to deserve this. Very delicious. And, you know, maybe if you've, I don't know, imbibed, imbibed a little bit too much one night and, you know, you're feeling the effects the next day, the Mocha Extreme, it's it's a good cure. It'll get you back into gear. I've heard. I've heard rumors. <laughs> From sources. Yeah. Friend of a friend. So we were talking about Arizona men's basketball. They have a game on Thursday in the Bay Area against Cal at 9 p.m. That same day at McHale Center, you can go see the Arizona women's basketball team take on the Stanford Cardinal. And this is a big one, Ali, because Arizona, I don't know if you saw what they did this past weekend. But yeah. First time since, what, 2010 we've swept the L.A. schools? I think it was 2001. 2001? Yeah. Oh, man. I missed Go back even more I, nine I years. I messed I was dyslexic with the zero there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible comeback, both games. Uh, they both went to the wire. Uh, overtimes. Both overtimes, of both of them. Exciting. I don't know, man. I got a feeling. I got a feeling in my gut. We're going to get that card, those Cardinal tomorrow. Well, the Cardinal, they're coming off a loss. They just lost to Washington. And so they're Perfect. trying to, trying to right the ship a little bit. Two in a row. Perfect timing. And yeah. <laughs> man, two losses by Stanford. We, I got to look, look into that and see when's the last time that's ever happened. But they just lost to Washington. Now they're looking to right the ship a little bit. But it ain't going to be easy because a lot of people are going to be going to this game. Adia Barnes, the Arizona women's basketball team, uh, they've been really campaigning for a sellout and getting a lot of people there, and I think they will. And it's going to look good on national TV, too. It's a, a red out, going to be a bunch of people there, and it, Arizona, they're playing some good basketball right now. I mean, they they had a couple of uh, bad losses. I think they lost to Washington State at home, which was really bad, and they got clobbered by Wazoo. And then to turn around and beat number 14 UCLA in double overtime, Shayna Pellington having a big game down the stretch. Arizona made all 10 of their free throws late. And then you turn around and have that kind of game against USC. How about Kate Reese with 33? 33 from Kate Reese, man. So you have that kind of performances from your veterans. And then now you have these McDonald's All-Americans starting to play a little bit better. Uh, The women's basketball team, they're, they're starting to put together a little bit of their own run. And... Man, if they are able to get a big win against Stanford, I think that guarantees that they host the first round of the NCAA tournament. Oh, that would be excellent. Because the the bracket revealed, not the bracket revealed, but the top 16 seeding is being announced, I think, tomorrow at halftime of the Arizona-Stanford game. So I I think at that point, if Arizona's not in, they're going to be right there on the cusp. They're going to be probably the first team or two on the outside looking in. But then the next one comes out i think two weeks later they get a big win over stanford or even if they play competitively against stanford and then whack cal on sunday then i think that also guarantees them hosting it's going to be a great basketball game uh one way or another and uh hey you know first thousand you get that uh adia bars bobblehead i'm going to call her and see if she can save one for me yeah well, you got to like I'll, that. I don't know if I'll be one of the first thousand in, but <laughs> I might be thousand and three. But, but you got connections, man. Maybe. You know a guy who knows a guy. I do know. I know well, a, you, a uh, woman that knows a woman. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, speaking of Adia Barnes, she's coming on the show later on. I can't wait. At 525. 
So if you want to listen to that, make sure you tune in at 525. Or if you missed it, go to the Spears and Dolly podcast after the show on Apple, Spotify. We're also on Audible, which is Amazon's podcasting platform. So the Spears and Ali podcast is everywhere. Please subscribe, rate, and review today. we got Adia Barnes joining us at 525. And then in this hour, I think we're going to have Bruce Pascoe join us at 425. We'll see what he's up to because he's traveling right now. So he's so damn busy. If not, we'll talk more Arizona basketball to fill that spot. But we're going to talk about a busy night in the NBA. LeBron James passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the top scorer in NBA history. So how significant was last night? What's going to happen with the Lakers? What's going on with the Phoenix Suns? We're going to talk about the NBA coming up next to start off hour number two of Spears and Ali. Plus, we're going to get into Aaron Rodgers and his upcoming hideout. Four days of darkness. Kind of like what it's like when we're on vacation. (laughs) 